What's up, guys? Zach Casteros here, and we are now in 2022. This is my first episode of the new year. I didn't do one at the end of last year. I kind of wish I would have, but honestly, with the holidays, I tried to take some time, and for us at work, it's a very busy time of year, and so I needed to get some things done so that I could be ready to be here in 2022 and, and hopefully uh, post more episodes and, and be more active and that's my plan. That's my goal. But the other thing I like to do, and I don't know if this is something that you do, but at the end of every year and, and going into the new year, one of the things that I do is, is I step back and I really try and take stock of my life in all the different areas, right? And, and I know I've said this before on these episodes, but the way that I kind of think about life is in these five categories, right? You have your faith, you have your relationships, you have your health, then you have your work and your money. And, and I just kind of take, and I break down each one of those five categories and, and I just sort of say, how am I doing? And what goals do I have for the next year, for in this case, 2022, in order to get better at each in each of those areas. And so, you know, I, I really am trying not to make these videos come across as though uh, I'm the expert or the guru, but really more of, and, and I do think that we're gonna transition the name here uh, to spoke to me because Really, that's all I want to share here is the things in my life that have spoken to me or that are speaking to me that might speak to you as well. And, and, and not to come at it from the guru or the, hey, I know everything or you should listen to me standpoint, but really just sharing my life's experience, what's working, what's not working. And, and for me, uh, taking stock, taking some time at the end of every year to step back and look at what is working, what isn't working, what do I want to accomplish, and, and how do I break down what I want to accomplish, and how do I prioritize the things that I want to accomplish, it's worked reasonably well. But I, every year I try, and, I try and make it work better. And it's, it's crazy because last year, 2021, was really the first year in the last several years that I realized I didn't do this. And when I think back to the last three or four years of my life, they've been insane and and they've been insane not just because of uh the the sickness that's going on and and not just because of all that's come with that but, but because of a lot of the decisions and choices that i've made or that we've made as a family that really have just put extra pressure on our daily lives and i realized in in 2021 i think i was so just caught up in everything that was going on, excuse me, 2020 going into 2021. I was so caught up in everything going on. I literally just forgot or didn't have the time or whatever it might be to even do this, to, to do this exercise, to, to take stock of life and where it is and where we want it to go. And I can tell when I did it this year going into 2022 that I paid the price for that because if we, it's kind of like budgeting. I, I tell my children that if you don't have a budget or some sort of a benchmark or a goal of what you're trying to accomplish with your finances, you will find things to spend all your money on. Like your money will be spent. It, it just happens, right? You'll just keep spending it and spending it until there's none left. It's the same with our time. If we don't budget our time, if we don't have a plan, if we don't have goals for our time, what we'll find, at least in my uh, in my experience is what we'll find is that our time will just, it's like water going through our fingers. It just disappears. And I don't know about you, but for me this year, when I step back and I look at what do I want 2022 to look like? And how do I make it better than 2021? Even if all this craziness continues, which I think that it most likely will, you know, what, how do I control what I can control 
to make 2022 better for myself and for my family. And for me, I don't know, it might just be me. Maybe you can relate. But what I've found is in the last three, four, five years, I consume more and more and more information. I'm always trying to learn more. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to be more knowledgeable, I guess. And what I have found is at least where I'm at today is like, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted from learning all the new things. I'm exhausted from, from trying to keep up on all the latest things. I'm exhausted from trying to be the person that people around me come to for information or maybe some insight because I, I digest and consume so much information and it's exhausted me. And I really felt like in my quiet time over these last several weeks, as I've just sort of not put anything out there on purpose, I really felt like on my heart, what the Lord is putting on my heart is slow down is, is probably not the right word. It's not necessarily the slow down. It's simplify. And it's so crazy because I went back to the last time I did this exercise, which was 2019 going into 2020. And literally I have a little spreadsheet. I have a different way I do it now. And if you're interested in what that might be, maybe I'll, uh, if, if you say something in the comments, I'll show you the system that I use and that I've created. But but 2019 going to 2020, what I found was there was a word on a spreadsheet and it was simplify. And it was interesting because I went back and I looked at some of my notes and I realized that the exact same feeling that I had going into 2022, I had going into 2020, which was before all the craziness started. And when I say simplify, what I mean is this. Um, for several years, I've read books about the 80-20 rule or minimum viable dose, you might call it. And it's this idea or this principle, the 80-20, that 80% 80 of the results in everything that we do usually come from 20% of the things that we're doing. And then the 80%, the other 80% of the things that we're doing are only attributing 20% of the benefits or 20% of the results. And so the better we can get at focusing on the 20% of things that we're generating all the results, right? The better we get at focusing on those and doing more of those, the, the, better results we'll have, right? And then if you go even further, there's another 80-20 inside of the first 80-20, which I believe makes it like 96-4, where there's 4% of the things that we're doing that bring in 80% of 80%. I think it's like 64% or something. And so I've, I've had this on my mind, on my heart for a few years, but last year it basically just got lost. I was trying to finish a house. I'm trying to deal with the pandemic. Uh, trying to run my business, trying to figure out how we're going to move and do all these things. And, and at the same time, trying to consume and trying to learn and trying to grow. And, and I really feel like this year, um, and I did, I spent like two or three days sitting down and saying in these five areas of life, in my faith, in my relationships, in my health, uh, in my work and in my money, where are the 80 twenties? Because what I found is I, I've spent so much time and maybe you have, and that's why I share this again, not, not trying to tell you what to do, but saying it, maybe you're feeling the same sense of just total overwhelm, total information overload, total chaos in a way. And what I found is that in most areas in life, there's a bunch of information. There's a bunch of stuff that we can learn or hear or listen to or consume or think is important that really just doesn't matter that much. It, it matters, right? In the sense that it's part of that 80% of stuff that only generates 20% of the results. But, but those aren't the things that, that I or we 
should really be spending all of our time and energy focusing on because they're just, they're just time sucks. Their, their energy sucks. And, and it's like, I literally was talking to this, uh, talking about this to one of my daughters yesterday. It's that we only have 24 hours in a day. And those of us who get better at utilizing those 24 hours will be the most productive, will be the most successful. And, and I'm not going to get into how we define that right now, but, but the, the, the idea is that we have to learn how to utilize those 24 hours. We can always make more money, right? But we can't get more time. And so for me going into 2022, I looked at it and I said, what are the 80 twenties inside of each of these categories? Right? So for instance, I'll just give you some examples. So for instance, like when it comes to faith, right? It's so easy to go down the rabbit hole and learn the hermeneutics and learn uh, the different interpretations of this or that and get into the weeds about the things that people are squabbling about in Christianity, which is why so many people don't like Christianity. And yet I thought about Jesus. Jesus was the greatest simplifier of all simplifiers in all of humanity, like forever, ever, right? He took 613 or so laws and commandments in the Old Testament. And he condensed them down to basically one. He said, love God more than anything else with all that you have, with all that you are and love your neighbor the way you love yourself. And then what that, what that summarized was if you took all those laws and all those commandments and you boiled down and you peeled the onion back to what are they all really getting at? It's pretty simple. What they're getting at is to love God and to love your neighbor. And so you don't have to think about or fight about necessarily or get into the weeds on all these other things if you just keep in focus the fact that you're called to love. And for me in my life, as I look at my faith in, in this first pillar and then the second pillar relationships, what that shows me, what that speaks to me is that I have to have time, right? I have to make time. I have to have this as the priority in my life above my money or my work or any of these other things should be to have time to love God and to love people and to love people, right? Zig Ziglar always used to say, and I always thought it was so great. Like your kids spell love T I M E people say, Oh yeah, I love my kids and I'm, they know I love them, but then we don't spend enough time with them. But the way the kid spells love is time. And I think it's so similar with the Lord, right? I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about all the videos I listen to or watch and all the podcasts I consume and all this stuff. And then I think, and then how much time am I devoting to my walk with the Lord? And it's not because it's a tit for tat or it's a earn it or whatever. It's just like, it's out of response, not requirement. It's how much, like, do I enjoy being in his presence enough that I would rather spend time in his presence than I would consuming the next video about something that really probably doesn't matter because it's part of the 20% of things that, that, or excuse me, the 80% of things that only bring in the 20% of results, right? So, so for me, my faith, my relationships, the 80, 20 in that was looking at Jesus and saying, or, or I should say that not the 80, 20, but the, the correlation or the thing that brought that about was looking at Jesus and saying he was a simplifier. He was somebody who could take something very complex and simplify it into a simple principle that's easy to wrap your head around, that's easy to remember, that doesn't need 17 acronyms. And just say, I want to love people. I want to love the Lord. Part of doing that is time, right? Making time to be relational, which for me, if you know me, is always challenging because I have a lot of things that I'm doing that I'm trying to accomplish. And, and yet, 
if I'm going to walk my talk, then part of walking the talk means letting go of some of the goals and the ambitions and some of those other things, because at the end of the day, what's more important is loving God and loving people. And so for me, that's a big thing going into 2022 is, is truly making time for relationships, truly making time for spending time with the Lord. The next one is health. I look back over 2021, 20, 2020, 2021, and my health has not been great. And it hasn't been great, I think, in large part to being so busy, trying to do so many things. Um, it's taken its toll. And yet I think there are some simple things, which maybe I'll share here, maybe I'll share in another video that, that I know about health, right? Health isn't that complicated if we keep it simple. So it's like you could you could read about the carnivore diet, the paleo diet, this diet, that diet. And yeah, there are times where depending on our individual health situations, we might need to do certain things for a period or maybe for the rest of our life. But at the end of the day, health is pretty simple. And if we, if we let it be simple, it will be simple. And so for me, it's simple things like get out into the sun for 15 or 20 minutes a day. And I know in Washington, it's not sunny that often. So it's not necessarily being just in the sun, being outside. Another thing is, is grounding, getting my feet connected to the ground, getting your feet connect, connected to the earth, you know, for 15 or 20 minutes when you're outside. It's making sure the stuff that I put in my body, right, the fuel, the food, the water, the drinks, that they're plen plentiful, yes, not too plentiful, uh, but that they're nutritious, that they're healthy, that they're clean, not that they're not junk, that they're not poisons, that they're not toxins. Right. And so that's something simple, right? It doesn't have to be some complicated algorithmic thing. It's just simple. It's be in the sun. Uh, it's eat and drink good quality, clean things. It's get good sleep, which for me is I don't sleep enough. And, and it's making it a priority to make sure that we're sleeping. And anyway, I could go on with my list. I won't bore you with my list. Your list is going to be different than mine, but, but it's, it's how do we take all the things that we would consume about learning about our health and boiling it down into something that's simplified, that's simple, that's traceable and trackable, rememberable without being overwhelming. And then our work and our money. And for me, it's looking at inside of my work and for you inside of your work, maybe where do you get 80% of the results out of 20% of what you do? And so anyway, I came up with a list for me of the things that in this next year I'm going to focus on and the things which I'm not going to focus on in order to continue to grow and to do the things that one, I enjoy, but also that, that bring the most benefit for the least amount of effort. And that's not because I'm lazy and that's not because I don't want to do effort. It's because I want to be efficient with my efforts. And hopefully you do too. It's, it's kind of like I think of investing, right? We want to get the highest risk adjusted reward for the risk that we're taking, right? So we don't want to necessarily invest in the thing that has the highest reward potential without equating the risk involved. And so what we want instead is to figure out the risk involved in all the different options we have to invest our money in, and then go out and invest our money in the thing that once, once we've considered the risk and adjusted for the risk has the potential for the highest reward. It's the same thing in work, right? We want to work. We want to put our effort, our time and our resources into things that will generate the greatest rewards for the least amount of work. And in our case, as humans, for the least strenuous in terms of like that we don't like it. See, 
I used to have a hard time with this because I, I know that we're the first generation, probably maybe the second generation in the history of humanity that's been spoiled enough to just figure out, oh, well, like, what do I want to do? What am I passionate about? What do I love? And, and so that would always make me feel a little, I don't know, icky inside, especially because my parents didn't really have that luxury. They just did whatever they had to do to put food on the table and give us as their kids a better shot at life. And, and so this was very hard for me. But then over the years, I've realized that, you know what? We do have the ability, at least in this country, in this culture, we have the ability to step back and say, and not all of us, maybe you're not there yet, but, but I think if you put some of these principles to, to work and into practice, you'll find that over time, you will find yourself in a position where you have this luxury, so to speak. And that's to step back and say, what do I actually get joy, enjoyment out, out of? What do I get lost in? What are the things, maybe their hobbies or whatever, that I actually get lost in, that I could do all day, every day, and it wouldn't feel like work. And then how do I, and then are those things profitable? Do I have the ability to actually make income from those things? And then if so, how do I start to rearrange my time in a way where I'm doing more of those things, where I'm focusing on those things? Because to me, part of that 80-20 in our work is not just money, because money is another pillar out of the five, but also enjoyment, satisfaction. Am I, and part of it for me as a person of faith is, is it also practicing what my calling is, right? Like, do I feel called to something? And, and so for me, part of why I even do these videos is because for me, one of those things in my 80-20 that I get enjoyment out of, that I get lost in is doing stuff like this. And so trying to figure out in 2022, how do I get to do more of that? Because I do think that that is something that God's put on my heart that I enjoy doing, that I can get lost in and that I want to do more of. And so anyway, work. And then your money. Where are we spending our money? What are we spending our money on? Where are we investing our money? What Ultimately, what's the goal with our money, right? Because for some people on one end of the spectrum, they don't have a goal. And so, like I said earlier, their money finds a way to just get spent and they never have any extra. They never have any leftover and they find themselves in the rat race. And then for other people on the other side of the spectrum, they just get so caught up in getting more money and making more money and growing more money. And they're opposite problems on, or they're different problems on, on the opposite end of a spectrum. But at the end of the day, they end up sort of with the same result, which is either the obsession with or the lack of money becomes something that takes over our lives. Even, even if we don't know it, even if it's subconscious, it's like that pressure to perform and to put food on the table or to grow and, and to make the money multiply takes over our time in our life. And for me, right, I've spent time on the first end of the spectrum in the beginning. And now I find myself on the other side of the spectrum where I'm just stepping back and I'm saying, listen, I know that money isn't everything. I, I know that I really do. And yet it's so easy because to me, investing and growing the money, it's like a game. It's like a game that I think I'm reasonably good at. And it's fun to me. And yet, if it's so fun and so interesting, right, that it takes over the place in my life of relationships and of my faith, or even if it competes with them on a high level, then I'm missing the boat. At least that's how I interpret my life. And, and so all of this is to say that this sort of five pillars 
helps me as I look from one year into the next, it helps me to one, assess where I'm at, and then two, to come up with a plan of where I'm going. And so for me, as I look at my life, and maybe this might help you, I look and I say, listen, number one has to be number one, which is my faith. It's the, my walk with the Lord. That, that has to be the most important thing. It has to be at the top of the list. And right alongside that, right, because God's first commandment wasn't go out and multiply your money. That wasn't his first commandment. His first commandment was love me and love people. And so for me, it's if I'm going to walk the way he's called, Jesus said, they'll know that you love me and I'll know that you love me if you obey my commandments. And if you wrap up what all his commandments mean, like he did, and you summarize them and you simplify them, it's love God and love people. And so if my life isn't structured in a way, and if your life isn't structured in a way where we have made the time to love God and to walk with God and to grow our walk with God and then to love people, then we literally have missed the point. And I know in my life, very often, I find myself feeling like I am missing the point. And so this exercise helps me to set a plan. And I know I have a plan and God directs my steps. I get it. But, but I think it's prudent to have a plan of how I'm going to put God and people first. And then second, which is like really hard for us, especially for, for me, is like health has to be right after that. Because I I could make all the money and I could do all the videos and I could have all the fun I want in work. But if my health is suffering and I die, well, didn't work out so well. And I'd probably trade all those things for another day or another week or another year or another decade. And so it's like, I've got to be able to put my faith and my relationships and then my health. And then after all those things, my work. And I say work before money, if you're trying to process through this in your mind, I say work before money, because listen, if we just do something to make money, which we're all guilty of, and even right now in this moment, I'm guilty of to a degree. And we all to a degree have to be for at least some period of time in most instances. But if we just put work, excuse me, money above work, we'll find ourselves doing things we don't like that we're not passionate about, that we're not called to because we make money. And so I say work because I think it's important for us to find out what do we like to do? What has God put, what has God put on our heart? What skills and gifts and talents has he given us? And how does he want us to steward those in the world to bring him glory? I think I've said this in other episodes, right? Like God's work is not just being a pastor or a preacher or a nun or, you know, a caregiver. God's work is doing work, being creative, doing what he did when he made everything in a way that brings him glory and that reflects his image. And that might be to be a plumber or an electrician or a construction worker or an accountant or a doctor or whatever it might be. But I do think, like I said, because we have that luxury in America, or if you're watching this in some other Western or developed nation, we have the luxury in many cases to step back and say, what gifts and skills and talents has he given me? And how can I, how can I put those to work in a way that is enjoyable for the most part? that ultimately brings him glory and that ultimately helps other people. I think that's another big part as, as I've stepped back and looked at what I do and say, is what I'm doing really helping other people? Because if what I'm doing isn't helping other people, then I don't want to do it. And so that's why I think of work the way I do. And then lastly, money, right? How am I going to set my life up where my money is a reflection of the plan that I've created for my life. It's a means to an end in a sense to say that I want to organize my life and put up the goals in my life in a way where the focus of my money 
isn't to get rich or isn't to have a whole bunch of extra or isn't to necessarily like win the game, but is, is really there to help execute the plan of my life. Right? So I'll give you one, one thing that I wrote down in, in, in my notes as I went 2021 to 2022 for Christine and I, in our life, in our family, one of our goals is to always be generous, no matter how much money we have or don't have to be generous. And I think that should be a goal of everyone with their money. And yet, very often what people will find is if they don't structure the plan of their life, if they don't set up a plan, the money will always go, it will always be gone, and they'll never be generous. And so I think it's so important to be able to set up your life. And the point of all this is to say, if you don't have a plan for your money, your money will make a plan for you. And so if part of you is like me where and my wife, where you want to be generous, then your plan that you set up for your life, right? And then the plan that you set up for your money have to merge together. Otherwise, you'll never be able to be generous. If your plan is to, you know, send your kids to college, which maybe isn't a great idea anymore, but if your plan is to get your children educated or if your plan is to, you know, retire in some place that you've always dreamed of someday, right? Well, then you got to obviously set up your budget today and tomorrow and for the next however many years that is in order to execute that plan. And so I felt like last year not doing this, it was very apparent when I went to do it this year. And so I don't know if that's helpful at all for you. If it is, maybe you, you can take the time. It doesn't have to be three days. Take an afternoon, take an evening. Um, do it with a spouse if you have one. And just step back and say, faith, relationships, health, work, money. Where are we at with these things? What are the 80-20s inside of each of these for us? And then what does our plan look like for 2022? Where did we fail in 2021? Where did we where did we win in 2021? And how do we want to take that into 2022 so that our life in 2022 and beyond can look the way that we've wanted it to? Can, can look like we actually had an idea of where we were going. I think of it this way. If, if we had come to a, a new place for the first time, never been there before, or maybe we had been there before, but maybe it was 15 or 20 years ago, and we needed to get from one side of this place to another, and we had no map, it would be a very uh, inefficient journey in most cases. But if we had a map or if we had a guide, it would be quite easy or much easier and, and much more productive and efficient to get from point A to point B. And that's how I think of this plan. That's how I think of this, this system that you can use to go from one year to the next is to say, this is the roadmap that you create, that we create, that I create for the next year, for the new year. It's not a resolution, it's a roadmap. And, and then throughout the year, like for me, I have this in a system that throughout the year I can go in and I can check in and I can actually say like, how am I doing in these areas? Am I, am I meeting the goals? Am I following the plan or am I way off the road on off the map, somewhere lost? And I think it's a very helpful tool. So my hope for myself, for my family this year is that we will actually follow this plan. And that we will reap the rewards of following this plan. And you know what? It might require us in, in many ways to restructure the way that we live our life, the way that we do things. But that's why I think it's so valuable. Because if we have a plan and we want to execute the plan, then making hard decisions to restructure things is okay. It's not scary. Because we know 
it's always easier to reverse engineer an outcome, right? Than to just willy-nilly go for it. And I'm not saying that I'm trying to reverse engineer an outcome in my life. What I'm saying is that if I have a plan and I feel like God has had his input on this plan, then making decisions that might seem scary or freaky today in order to get to where I think that road on that map is trying to take me, it's not so scary because I've thought about it. I've prayed about it. That's the other thing about the plan. Pray about it. Don't just take an evening or an afternoon and and, and, and draft it up in your own wisdom. Just take some time and ask the Lord for guidance. Ask the Lord for conviction and, and wisdom and insight and perspective and discernment in your own life about where are you and, and where does he want you to go and how do you partner in that? Because it is a partnership and he's, he's the majority partner. So anyway, that's the exercise. That's, that's what I've taken these last couple of weeks to think through and pray through and process through. That's why I haven't made any videos. Uh, and there's a f few other reasons that we won't get into. But I, I think for me, it's been very helpful and very beneficial. And I'm pretty excited about going into this next year and, and where things are going to lead. And so I hope that something that I shared here will help you on your journey through your life and like I said earlier, if, if you have any interest in seeing the, the program that I use and how I set this up, I'd be happy to share it. Just send me a comment or send me a message, get a hold of me. And if you've liked this so far, if you don't mind hitting that like button or that thumbs up button, and if you haven't subscribed yet, I'd love to have you subscribe, whether you're listening to this on a podcast platform or you're watching it on YouTube or wherever you might be checking this out, but would love to have you. It definitely helps get the, the word out and spread the message more. And so anyway... To wrap this up, I just want to say, I think 2022 is going to be filled with a lot of the same challenges that we faced in 2020 and 2021. And folks, I don't think that those challenges are going away anytime soon. I think that this is sort of the reality of where our decisions as cultures have brought us in life. And I read my Bible and it just seems to me, and you can think I'm crazy and that's okay, but it sure seems to me like we're heading down a path that has been foretold 2,000 and 4,000 years ago, right? And so at the, when it's all said and done, you could put your plan together and I can put my plan together. We could find ourselves in situations where the plan is like out the window and we're having to deal with things we never thought we would. And I was reading in Colossians the other day and, and Paul says to the Colossians, that they have the, the access and the ability to have the peace of Christ in their hearts, ruling in their hearts. And, and I thought about my last video prior to this one was about why I was so thankful because God opened my eyes to the fact that I was, I was acting like one of the 10 spies full of all the reasons that the promised land was scary instead of like Joshua and Caleb. Who were the two spies that were like, hey, we know that there's crazy, scary things out there and yet God's on our side. And we're not scared and we're full of courage and we're ready to go. And it was convicting to me because I want to be like Joshua and Caleb. And the next revelation that I felt like I had, which I want to share here to wrap this up was no matter what our plans say, no matter what we do and no matter what 2022 ultimately ends up looking like, because there's going to be things that happen that are outside of our control. The, the truth is if you have found yourself full of anxiety and worry and fear, and frustration, and anger. Just like Paul says, 
we have the ability to allow God's the peace of Christ to fill our hearts, right? That the Bible says that peace that passes all understanding. Like even when we can't understand it, because it's so much bigger than our brain can comprehend. There's a peace that we can have. And I was thinking about this in my quiet time these last few weeks. And I really just want to share with you that again, if you found yourself in those in those areas full of anxiety and fear and frustration and chaos in your life. To me, what, what I found was that meant that I was choosing to look at the things that I, that I saw, right? And to have more faith in their outcomes than I did in the promises that God has given us. And, and, and to put that amount, more faith, all my faith into that, over that. And, and so anyway, what I'm trying to say here is for me, what's been really helpful is to remember when I start feeling stressed out, when I start feeling overwhelmed, when I start feeling chaotic in my life is to just step back and say, wait, like I have a choice. I have a choice to live in that and, and to believe that that is my reality and that is my life. And that is the sum of my, maybe my choices. Or I can step back and say, listen, I'm going to live choosing to live with the peace of Christ, ruling and reigning in my heart, knowing that no matter what happens, no matter if my plan works or it doesn't work, no matter if I find myself stressed out or anxious or angry, I can choose to walk in that. I can choose to live in that. Or I can choose to step back and take a deep breath and trust just like the, the two spies, that God is bigger than all of that. And then what I found for me, which I hope you will find for you, is if I choose to live in that peace, in that place of peace, Man, like the fruit of my life is so much better. It's so much different. The fruit, instead of being the fruit of the flesh, anger and division and nasty words, instead of that being the fruit of my life, what I find is when I let the, the peace of Christ rule and reign in me is the fruit is all the things of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And that's what I want my life. That's what I want the fruit of my life to be. And so... If that's what you're looking for in your life, maybe you're not even a Christian. If, if, if you're looking in your life and you're saying like, I'm full of anger and gnarly words and fear and frustration. And, and maybe the idea of the fruit of the spirit, even if you don't know what that is, is, is appealing to you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Like who doesn't want all those things? Well, if you want all those things, there's a way you can have them. They come as a result of putting your faith in Jesus and allowing his spirit to come inside of you, which, and that might sound strange to you, but I would challenge you and say, give it a try. Because for me in my life, all the times that I find myself full of those bad things and I step back and remember like, oh no, I follow Jesus. And part of following Jesus is you get the benefits of walking in the spirit and the spirit is all these other things. And it's not that I'm perfect at it. Oh, far from it. But I'm, I'm being sanctified day by day. What that means, at, at least I think it means to me, and I think this is biblical. If you're a pastor and you're watching this, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that sanctification process of continuing to be made more like Jesus, continuing to allow that spirit, God's spirit, to change who I am, to make my life look more like his did. That's the journey that I'm on. That's the journey that we're all on when we take, when we make that decision to put our faith in Christ. So anyway, 
2021, two crazy years. I think 2022 is going to be crazy too. But listen, I think that, I think that in the midst of the craziness is where we get to shine. So anyway, I hope something here helped you and I hope you're having a great 2022 so far and I'm excited to see you soon. Uh, thanks. And I'll talk to you soon.